So today I want to talk about forgiveness. This is a really, really, really um, tough one. One, because like love, like we talked about last week, not a lot of people actually know what it is. And we think we have forgiven when really we're still holding resentments and all those things. The main problem being, I hear this from everyone all the time, well, you know, I've forgiven everyone, but I just can't forgive myself. So this runs under the premise for me that you can't give anyone anything that you don't personally have. How can I forgive you if I can't forgive me? That all I'm stating is that I don't actually understand forgiveness enough to actually offer it to you. Okay, so what is forgiveness? If you had to tell someone in a nutshell that's never heard the word before, what would you say? It's difficult, to huh? Overlook, to overlook anything that, that's affected you negatively or, or uh, that, that's, that's been negative to you. You can overlook it and get past it and move on. Right, so to overlook it, right? It has that idea behind it and how we use it in society of like, you know, water off the back, kind of sweeping under the rug, like we're just moving past it, right? So my definition of the word forgiveness is to restore the standard. So if you were to look it up in the Greek, that's that, the, the definition of that word is to restore the standard. What does that mean? That is more saying, I am no longer viewing you through the lens of the offense. I'm restoring you back to a standard to a point to where you hadn't caused me that offense. Which is hard for people to swallow because you don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what they did, Right? That doesn't necessarily matter because one thing that forgiveness does not do is justify. Forgiving someone in, or yourself in no way, shape, or form says that whatever happened was justified or that it was right or that it's now okay. That is not what forgiveness does. Um, a famous uh, preacher lady named Joyce Meyer says unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. All it does is build up your own personal resentments and you carry the burden of those things while the, uh, the person that caused the offense is at home having a great night's sleep. So forgiveness is you releasing yourself from your own self-made prison. The hardest part about that is if I can't restore the standard of myself, I can't restore this, your standard in my own eyes. We're good until the next offense. Because remember that one of the attributes of love is it doesn't take a record of wrongs. That's why when we're in a fight and something blows up, you always do this. You never. Because we're thinking and viewing the person through, through the layers of all the past offenses. What that does is clouds our vision. And now I'm seeing you through your offenses, not you as the, you know, value of a person whether you have wronged me in the past or not that doesn't mean that i give you every allowance right that doesn't mean that i become a doormat and let you walk all over me what it means is i become a doorway and i can invite you into something else because i can take that wrong for your sake and mine because i'm letting go of the offense i'm not going to carry it anymore and if i'm still viewing you through it i'm still carrying it 
That's why we get into relationships. We have such a problem trusting people because of what's happened to me in the past. So now, because that standard hasn't been restored, I can't even enter into a new relationship with clear eyes. Then I mess up myself, right? (sighs) I always do this, man. Every time something's going good, I always mess it up. I always sabotage it. How are you viewing yourself through that? So for... So forgiveness, it's not this magic wand that makes everything okay. But it frees you to finally be who you think you are. Or who you can be, rather than constantly living through all your past mistakes or all the things that have happened to you. It doesn't remove the fact that you were victimized, but it does remove victimhood. Does that make sense? So when we're looking at it, it's really, it's a hard subject for people because some terrible things have happened, right? We've had some bad stuff happen to us. And if we're honest, we've probably done some worse things. Or we've done things that are equally as bad. So there's a fallacy in our thinking. Who here doesn't like to be lied to? Who here doesn't like it when someone steals from them? Who doesn't like being taken advantage of? Who doesn't like being manipulated? Do y'all see the problem? Because we've done the same things. And in either scenario, you did that to me, so I can't forgive you, or I've done that to you, and I can't forgive myself, and both are a fallacy. I can't stand when people do this to me. I think it's morally wrong, and yet I participate in it making it almost impossible to forgive myself. That's why I can forgive you, let you off the hook, right? Forgive you, quote, but also at the same time, not let myself off the hook. And if I can't let me off the hook, there's a really strong chance that I'm not actually letting you off the hook either. We're good until we're not, right? Or I'm okay as long as everyone's treating me the way that I prefer, but I get to get drunk or whatever and act however the hell I want. And then I expect forgiveness and grace and mercy the next day. And that's not cool, right? We wouldn't like that if that was happening to us. What? Yeah. It, it, but that's why, that's why it's so difficult because we want to be treated a certain way, Right? And then when we mess up and treat people differently, it actually hurts us. The problem is we don't recognize it because we're too hurt and offended to understand that in the time. But we continue on with our conscience violated. And we degrade ourselves over and over again by failing at our own moral capacity, the ones we've set for ourselves, right? Everyone has a moral capacity, whether it be to a biblical standard or whether it be to whatever standard, right? But we have a mark of what's right and wrong in our own mind. And when we miss that mark, it violates our conscience. That's why when all of this first started out, when we first started using it, it was a little bit, and then it got a little bit more, and then it was a little bit more more often, because we slowly violated our conscience back. And that increased our um, capability of doing more and more things that we would consider morally wrong. 
you get the guy in here, the lady in here that's done some crazy stuff for some, for some drugs or whatever, and I thought I would never do that. It's because they've pushed their self slowly back through the violated conscience, degrading and lowering their own self-worth over time to where now you're doing things that are now according to your new sense of worth. And the reason we find it so difficult to forgive ourselves in that is because we know what our actual worth is. And we see how far we've let ourselves go downward into the darkness on all these things. How can I forgive myself from who I was to who I am now? But can't you also, I, I kind of get where you're saying right there with that part right there, but can't you also like experience shame for not necessarily holding up to certain ideas that you would kind of talk yeah, guilt, shame, and condemnation are in that process of degrading your conscience, okay? So I do something, I feel guilty. And because I'm guilty, now I feel ashamed, as in this is who I am. I've done the thing, I feel guilty. Shame says this is still who I am. Condemnation says now I'm worthy of punishment. And most of the time, unfortunately, that punishment is self-punishment. That's why, in my belief, I believe one drink becomes a whole bottle for those three reasons. And again, pushes our, violates our conscience because we're doing yet again something we don't want to do, right? Now we have this evidence, like they talk about in AA, now I have this evidence. I have to go with that evidence, the only evidence I have. It's not the only evidence you have because the bad feeling you get when you do it is opposite, opposite evidence. That's proof that you had a conscience that is actually being violated. And that's why we feel worse and worse. And that's why it's so hard to forgive my, ourselves, right? Because I've done it again. Or I put myself back in that bad type of relationship and this is happening again. I must be the problem. It's really hard to forgive others when we view ourselves as the source of, issue, of issues, right? And then I can let the offense go, like, like you were saying, kind of pass it off because way back in the back of my head, I still believe that I'm probably the problem. Because I'm the common denominator in all these issues, right? Which sometimes that is true and we need to see that, that we make decisions and we live a way that definitely helps provoke some of these um, problems and issues that we find ourselves in. But another way, it's not always you because other people are messed up too. So here's the problem. We can't forgive that person because they're messed up. Claiming that we're not. If you're going to follow that same trail of thought all the way through, you have to come to the conclusion that they're messed up, somehow more messed up than me. Or just sick. But then when it, we turn inward and we're having groups like this, it's, well, we have a disease, it's sick. We're, you know, we're ha- See where the logic falls out at some point? It doesn't quite hold water. So then I move into this phase that I would call understanding that they don't understand. I think that's the first step, real solid first step towards forgiveness. If they would know the things that I know now, believe the things that I believe now, they wouldn't have done the things they've done. Right? If back then, if I knew what I knew now and believed what I believe now, I wouldn't have done the things that I did. I just wouldn't have. I have to understand that then in all my past mistakes, I didn't understand I did things I did not want to do and I did not know why I did them. And I didn't know why I couldn't stop myself from doing them. 
So over time, I built up the evidence of this is just who I am, and somehow the whole world around me is just going to have to get used to it. Well, then there's not even room for forgiveness in that statement. I don't need forgiving. This is just who I am. You just have to deal with it. Hopefully we can move past the issues that I cause. Right? Or in the other realm, I'm this way because all these things that have happened to me and I've just regressed saying that I'm just a product of my environment and what I do now not, it has nothing to actually do with me. And again, following these thoughts all the way through usually end up logically not holding their weight. But if we're going according to how we feel about it, then they make perfect sense in our own way of thinking about them because I can remain justified. So with forgiveness, how it also doesn't justify any wrong act, it also won't leave you justified in your acts. Because we want to stay justified in the wrongs that I've done, and I've done, but we don't. We can't justify someone else in their wrongs toward us. Which is a surprisingly hard topic today, even though everyone's talking about equality and all these types of things. But when it comes to personal and how we feel, we're, we're not about that. It's just one of those, I don't know, paradoxes in thinking. I think, but. How is it I couldn't possibly stand to justify your wrongs against me, but I'm doing everything in my power to to remain justified in mine? And the only way I can do that is how I feel about what you've done and how I feel about what I've done. And here's a tip for life. Your feelings are not logical. Your feelings are important. They lead you... If you know how to understand them and follow them, they can lead you to a logical thought. My feelings are there showing me that something's wrong. I'm feeling this way because of something. The feeling itself is not my issue. You're going to feel all sorts of ways all the dadgum time. But they're there showing you or trying to show you something else. Instead, we typically just run from the feeling or act on the feeling because that's just how we feel in the moment. It's that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? Someone's wronged me, I want to wrong them back. And then we try to call it justice. Here's another truth. You can't have actual justice without, without forgiveness or mercy. I don't know if this really fits in with this. Um, like... If you're if you're seeking forgiveness for like you already know that you were wrong, you're seeking forgiveness from someone else. Forgiveness kind of comes, I guess, in different forms or, or is spoken in different ways. Um, like I, I knew I was wrong, and I asked the person, uh, I, I told them I was sorry, and, and didn't specifically ask for forgiveness. But their response was, oh, "It's in the past. Let's move on." To me, that really that had me kind of confused, like. Are they still harboring something, or are, are they wanting to move past it? I mean, right. how do you read someone else's forgiveness? One thing, if I am truly wrong in a situation, whether I'm, even if they feel as if I'm truly wrong, right? I'm, yeah, but I'm not the justifier whether they feel wronged or not. If they feel wronged, they feel wronged. I'm now in the position of apologizing, right? 
But I always ask for forgiveness too because that invites them in to the scenario. I'm sorry is saying, my bad, I, I really didn't mean to do that. Will you forgive me? In my view is, will you restore the standard so that I can live clean from the offense and continue in that path? Right? If, like you said, that statement didn't give you any evidence of whether or not they're harboring the resentment still. Resentment turns to bitterness and bitterness to hatred. Right? To anyone that's suffering with hate, that's a root of bitterness. And that came from some sort of resentment which came through some sort of offense. And that's what happens when we don't deal with things. A lot of the things that we have locked up that we're not wanting to talk about that are super painful, we don't want to open that box, all that kind of stuff, those are turning into bitter roots. And unfortunately with us and the the group that we're in, right, that hatred is going to most likely become self-hatred. And that's, that's where I was. I didn't like me. I need, every day I had to wake up, convince a whole room of people to love what I didn't even like, and that was myself. I couldn't live unless I had your validation. If I said a joke and it wasn't funny, I took that crap personal. Like, it hurt my feelings. Because I wasn't doing it for me. I needed you to approve of me so that I could be approved. Right? That's a terrible way to live. You're just, you're a puppet on a string. You are doomed to forever exist at the whim of everyone else's perceived feelings towards yourself. Because you could be sitting here in this room right now uncomfortable thinking that you don't fit in and people don't like you, and that's all perception. Most of the time when people feel that way, they haven't gone around and asked anyone at all. (laughs) They're just picking up looks here and there, and it's all preconceived, and it starts emotions, and then they believe their emotions over actually gathering some evidence. And then they want to tuck tail and leave because they feel rejected once again. Well, maybe because their identity is already relying upon the fact that I am rejected. And those feelings that come with it, they never get past that wall of feelings to actually investigate the reason as to why. Forgiveness can break those barriers. You might not know the answers. You might not get specific answers, right? But it can begin to break down some of those walls, start to shine some light on some things, and you might gather some more insight, wisdom, and knowledge to help yourself move forward. Because you're trying your hardest to not see yourself through that lens any longer. Once you kind of clean the lens a little bit, some of the things that you used to think and feel don't seem that right anymore. And your mind begins to change. That's actually what the word repent means. It means to change how you think. Right? Then I say when we, don't miss the, when we miss the mark of our own moral conscience, that's the definition of the word sin is to miss the mark. So we're either purposefully or unknowingly violating our conscience by not hitting our moral standard and acting in ways that we know are against our own conscience. They're purposefully against what's right and wrong. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm following you. So basically, let's say someone is withholding forgiveness. The fact that we sought out them for forgiveness and repented should be enough to clear our side of the street. 
Right. So that's the thing with forgiveness. You're restoring the standard and repentance saying I'm changing how I think. So I'm actually going to act in line with that forgiveness now. I'm not going to ask you to forgive me. And then I'm not going to be fake about it. And I'm going to say, please forgive me. And then just go do the same thing again, because I'm just trying to have you off my back, which is, I think what a lot of us have made it in the past. And what a lot of people make it towards us. It's an appeasal, right? We're just trying to get through this moment so that I, you, you can just kind of get out of my face and get off my radar a little bit. And then I can go kind of do whatever it is I want again. Um, no, that it is, it's not true repentance if there's not a change of action. And it's not true forgiveness if there's not a, even just a slight change of self-perception or perception of the other. Um, if you have a spouse and you forgive them, you know, the husband leaves the underwear on the floor right next to the basket. And you've asked him 150,000 times and he breaks down. He's like, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't know why I keep doing that. And I, please forgive me. And then he's good for a while, and then it hits the floor one day, and then you come back and you say, ah, you always done that. There was no forgiveness there. That's an appeasal. But when you see it, and it's like, oh, man, maybe it fell off the basket, or maybe he was in a hurry, and you, your thought about it is different, that's a very, very good sign that your, your forgiveness was genuine. Because now you're trying to see them through the lens of everything that's possible for them. Right. Rather than the negative evidences we've gathered, because especially as addicts, we have that super highway straight to the negative. In our in our thinking. When some of those thoughts slowly start to change, it'll surprise you. There'll be a situation that used to make you mad. It's probably with a specific person. And but you've actually forgive them or you've forgiven yourself and they didn't really have anything to do with it. But certain subjects, you're not as. Uh, sensitive on you're not as defensive on anymore those are the things we have to pick up on because those are huge evidence that's huge evidence but because it doesn't seem like that much we kind of discount it and we latch onto the negative because that's what we're used to and it seems like a bigger evidence at the time and quite frankly a lot of the time we just have more of it i mean even if you're a super good awesome person you still have a lot of negative evidence and it's really easy to pick up on because we don't like feeling bad. We don't like making other people feel bad if we can help it. But when we find ourselves in those situations or making wrong decisions, I don't like to lose money. If I make a bad financial decision, I feel bad about it. And I can just call myself really bad with money. But that might not be true. But if I can forgive myself, okay, yeah, I made a bad decision, but I'm not a bad decision maker we got to get away from, because I've done this, this is who I am. Not everything you do is an identifier. Not every way you feel is an identifier. Unless we make them identifiers. Like, this blows people's mind. I was like, you can feel depressed without having depression. You can feel anxious without suffering from anxiety. Like I said the other day, what happened to good old-fashioned nervous? Sometimes you're just nervous because you don't, it's a new situation. But oh, I'm just, I have social anxiety. You've already determined your state before you've, even, before you've even arrived. Right? Remember, your brain's a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program. 
And what you believe is the software that everything runs through. It's the interface. If I believe something about myself, I guarantee you, you will see it in my behavior. You will hear it in my language. So like you said, if someone doesn't reciprocate forgiveness back, as long as you keep your side of the street. So here's kind of a switch. Old Testament, it was you have to forgive in order to be forgiven. Right? Eye for an eye. New Testament is you forgive others because you already are. I am forgiven, therefore I can forgive you freely. I don't have to take it personally because that offense is already taken for me. Does that make sense? So, for, for not, not about people forgiving me, but forgiving myself. Mm-hmm. Feelings are not logical. Feelings are cause of something else. So, so I, I have a problem figuring out how to forgive myself for them. That's kind of where I get in the, you know. Kind of getting the hamster wheel? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're trying to figure out if if what we have done is forgivable. Right? Again, because you're fighting back against your own morality at that point. Because I've failed my own morality, so how can I forgive myself for failing my own morals? Right. Right. It's the catch-22. It's a paradox. When you understand that you've already been offered forgiveness for free, despite, then you can forgive yourself. And then it's really, really easy to forgive others because you understand, though maybe you haven't done the exact same thing or maybe something that wasn't in quite the severity in your own perception, can still be forgiven because you were. It's one of the biggest things I needed in my life. One of the things I had to forgive myself for that was the hardest thing to forgive myself for is how much I mistreated myself and how much I hated myself. That's a hard pill to swallow because first to get to that point, you have to realize that you've been doing it. And that's a hard realization, right? Then you have to come to the terms according to what I believe that Christ forgave me. Then knowing that he forgave me is different than me accepting that forgiveness, once I've accepted that forgiveness, Scripture says, freely have been given, therefore freely give. Again, this is according to what I believe. It is well within your privilege to disagree with me, and that's totally up to you, but take wisdom for wisdom, okay? But that's how I have experienced it. Once I came to that conclusion, that, that aspect of forgiveness isn't nearly as difficult anymore. That doesn't mean I don't feel bad. That doesn't mean I don't feel offended when wrongs are done. But I also remember all the people I've wronged and all the offense I've caused. So it helps me jump right off my high horse. Because your feelings are exalters. They make you feel as if you're somehow more important than everything else. Whether you are proud and think you're better than everyone else in a cocky way, or you think you're the worst scum that there's ever been, you're still proud and exalted. Does that make sense? It's just a negative pedestal. That's all it is. Someone will come in and they'll share their testimony and it'll be like, man, but like, oh man, but they've been through all the crap that I've been through. I'm like, who cares? It's not a, it's not a game. It's, <laughs> it's not a rating system of whose life was worse because in neither scenario it gives you the excuses to keep living how you're living because you're an adult that can make decisions. 
The problem is you don't make different decisions if you're making decisions on how you feel because if you're feeling that way, you're going to continue to make decisions accordingly. Separating ourselves from our feelings, one, help us with forgiveness because I can do what's right, right? And two, I don't have to rate you according to how I feel. Separating yourself from your feelings doesn't invalidate your feelings. Your feelings are real and they are there for a reason and they're very useful and very helpful. They, they help keep us safe. They help us understand a lot of things. But because I feel that way doesn't mean that's what I need to act on. Because my feeling is a fact. I have it. It is a fact. But it might not be true. Or is my resentment going to change the scope of a relationship in a way that is completely unnecessary? Because I, too, have made mistakes in relationships. Do I need to blow this out of the water or do I, we need to have a conversation about it? Maybe implement some boundaries? Maybe take some space? Maybe let's talk once we're calmed down a little bit so we don't say things that need forgiving? Because I'm speaking out of how I feel in the moment, not how I actually perceive you. Right? That's why we use those, you always do this. We have to exaggerate in everything in our, in our feelings. It helps keep us justified. I always say it's, it's to heaven with me and to hell with you. Right? It's a way to avoid responsibilities. It's also a way to avoid change. Because if I forgive myself, then I have to change. Because I, I no longer hold on to these reasonings and these justifications to remain in the state that I'm already in. Because remember, a lot of us are codependent. We want someone else to come in and do it for us. Right? That's that foxhole prayer. You're begging God to come do for you what he's already done. And we fail to understand that we have everything we need, but we just don't believe it. And we feel like we can't unless someone else helps us when really we've received all the help we need. We want God to become that cosmic enabler and do everything for us. When he said it's already finished. And again, this is my belief. This is just where I'm getting this reasoning from, okay? In Ephesians, it says that we've received every spiritual blessing. First Peter says that we've received everything that pertains to life and godliness. And there's a lot more other scriptures that talk about all the things that we do, in fact, have. So I started reading and making that process and... My question is, okay, then what is my excuse? What is it I don't have? Because what I believe I don't have is exactly what I believe drugs and alcohol and women were offering me. And that's a problem. Not that, this, like I said, a substance by itself is nothing. A drink by itself is nothing. It's inanimate. It can't do anything. A woman walking by does nothing until I'm enticed by what I believe it offers me. And that's when temptation arises, and that's when we act according to that temptation. And then we give ourselves reasoning, well, this is just how I'm wired. Well, isn't that convenient? I bet you Ted Bundy would just say, I was just wired to murder people. 
But we don't give him a pass because it's wrong. And we know it's wrong and we act on it anyways. We violate our conscience. And we find ourselves in a place in a need of forgiveness. Then we repent. This was wrong. I'm turning away from it. I'm changing how I think about it. Because you're not going to stop doing anything until you change how you think about it. Because up until now, like, your using was okay. I have it under control. Like, there's nothing actually wrong with it, blah, blah, blah. Especially drinking, it's legal, blah, 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 you know, all that kind of crap. But then we find ourselves in those bad situations. We know it's wrong. And the whole time we've been searing our conscience back, allowing, giving us more allowance, right, to do more and more conscience-violating things. I'm, I'll put it like this. Have you ever noticed that if you struggle with lust... You usually act on lust if you're inebriated. So this is kind of how it goes hand in hand. Once I push that conscience back a little bit, I make a little bit more room for something else. And then a little bit room for something else. And then before I know it, I'm living in a completely different manner of life than I find acceptable. It's the only reason you're here. You had that momentary clarity of, I can't do this anymore. This, isn't, I, this is not who I am. And you act, and now you're here. And that's the biggest evidence of change that you have, is the fact that you saw something clearly for a second, and then you acted on it. Now tell me how that's not possible from here on out. It was difficult, right? Not an easy phone call to make, not a fun conversation to have. Maybe even some confrontation. Maybe not pleasant at all. But we're here and we're reaping the benefit of it. And then we still just put ourselves right back into that negative thinking and end up thinking places like this or a jail or a prison or whatever. But if we can forgive ourselves, we can understand that we can be okay even when things aren't okay, no matter where it is we're at or what's going on around us. You find yourself in not, in not as much need. Because love is that fulfillment of need. Forgiveness being a part of that. And again, according to what I believe, if I'm hooked up to that source of that need, I no longer need you to fulfill me. I have a cup, it overflows, and I can freely give to you despite how you treat me. So I can be kind and patient and loving towards the people that want to scream in my face. I've been attacked in this line of work, like all sorts of stuff. What does that have to do with me? I had to learn some things the hard way back in in the early years, saying things the wrong way, rubbing people the wrong way, learning how to actually speak to people, learning proper motive of speaking to people, wanting to understand rather than explain to them. Unfortunately, those are things I had to learn the hard way. But I do have an understanding of it because I lived that way. My story's not even all that bad of my use and everything, but I'm telling you what happened up here Probably a lot worse than a lot of you. My mind was, it was insane. It was insane. There was like, what's, what was your drug of choice? I'm like, bro, everything. Everything. Didn't matter what it was. 
But I had to come to the bottom of some of those things, and a lot of clarity was brought through that facet of forgiveness. I can, I'm actually free now to be who I actually am because I no longer have to relate myself to all the things that I've done. It's freedom. You're not living in your own shadow any longer. Yeah, you did those things, but they come from the story of who you are to a testimony of where you've come and who you are now. And then it's something you used to hate to talk about. Now you talk about freely because you understand how it might help someone else and that you don't even identify as it anymore. It's kind of hard for me to understand in a, in, a, in a world right now where you can pretty much identify as whatever it is you'd like that we can't identify ourselves as a new person once we've made some change. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I guarantee it's probably because of how we feel about ourselves rather than what's actually truth. So here's what I'd like to do. I want you to just take a moment and imagine what it would look like if you could forgive yourself. What do you think that would be like if you could truly in a moment, go from condemned from your past to free in your future. Free in your present, rather. What would it look like? What are the things you would no longer need to do? What, is it, what are the things that you could now actually do? And then take another moment to consider that that type of forgiveness is actually possible. You don't have to believe it. Just consider. Ponder the idea. <coughs> then ask yourself, is this a type of forgiveness that I want? Then ask yourself, Am I willing to do what's necessary to do it? Because some of us aren't willing. And just think about that. What would it be like if you could walk out of the prison of your past? And that you could stand up and take a breath with a fully and completely clean conscience before God and men.